and welcome to another edition of the Partial Historians. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Greenfield, and sitting beside me, looking fabulous, is the redness. That's right. Bringing the redness. (laughs) I'm good. All the better for seeing you and hearing your voice. (laughs) Excellent. Are we ready? Buckle up. (laughs) We're going on a journey. Where are we going, Dr. G? Ancient Rome. Oh, yeah. We're going to be tracing the history of ancient Rome from the founding of the city. All right. So we left you on a real, uh, I think a low point. Uh, Uh, I was going to say a high, but I I, I think you mean high in terms of tension. Yeah. There's something something in the air, but it's defeat. Yeah, it, yeah. Is the, it is the stench of many rotting Fabii bodies yeah. north of the city. Ooh, Sad face. Yeah. So we've been dealing with, obviously, the, uh, the ongoing rivalry between the city of Vey and the city of Rome. They are pretty damn geographically close to each other. And there was obviously, at one point, um, quite a lot of discussion, debate, and battle about who should be the preeminent city in the area. Rather than just getting along with each other and yeah. sharing the resources. Nope, there can only be one. There can <laughs> only be one. <laughs> and this has led to a protracted conflict. And yes. this brings us to the moment of around about 476 yep. BCE. And this is... Uh, Rome is sort of having to look a little bit inward, yes. because after the glaring loss of the Fabian Gens, yeah, as in a whole family, a whole family, yeah. um, a whole clan, yeah, and then having the Venetians and their Tyrrhenian allies come all the way down and sit on the geniculum overlooking the city of Rome and terrifying <laughs> the Roman citizens, yeah, um, before finally being repulsed and pushed back. Well, and finding them off. I mean, I didn't really emphasize this last time, but. They had a battle to see them off at one of the gates. At the gate. The gate, gate yeah. to the city. Like, hello. <laughs> this is bad yeah. news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, yeah, the Romans, I think, are probably feeling pretty sore and sorry for themselves. Yes, at this licking their wounds. Mm, indeed. And then instituting some new consuls. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> Throughout that entire sentence, Dr. G was doing kitten hands like she was cleaning herself. <laughs> the same way that I do typing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All the same. Like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so we have some new consuls. We have Servius Servilius Structus Ahala. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's his full name according to Broughton. No, no, sorry, I'm surprised because he, I think we're a little out of sync at this point in time with our years and therefore our consoles. Ooh, that's quite possible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some of the events that you're talking about happened for me in, like, different consoles years. It's all very confusing. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. And, yeah. and his name is given differently depending on the source material as well. Mm. Um, but I have done some investigation. Oh, why didn't you do? <laughs> Ahala, which sounds crazy and maybe not very Roman, <laughs> actually it. comes from Ala, armpit. What? I know. Oh, oh, right. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant the city was called Ala, armpit. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Now, this either means that he's quite the musical. <laughs> I think he has some talent. He has some talent with some under-armpit um, action. I mean, or maybe he smells? <laughs> or are they very attractive? When he raises his arm to go into battle to lead the troops, the troops just turn their heads <laughs> and are like, yes, 
no. as you command. No, no, I'm not buying it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think Damn. It, I think it's the smell or the sounds <laughs> that come out of it. <laughs> His co-console for this year is Aulus Virginius Tricostus okay. Rectulus. Now I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm with you. I've got Aulus Virginius, yeah. I've got Aulus Virginius and Spurius Servilius. Yeah, I have Spurius as well. Okay, so okay. as an alternative name to Servius. Ah, okay, this is so, where yeah. coming from. Okay, good, good. All right, so yes. Back on page <laughs> with you, Dr. G. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, and these names might be familiar as well. Um, yes, we have talked about it um, both. Yeah, we've had yeah. some Virginius Tricostus Rutiluses before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a very... That name again. <laughs> popped up again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Aulus Virginius appears to be some relation to the consul of 479. So yes. just a few years earlier. So yes, if yes. this name sounds familiar, it is, yes. but different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Servilii, Servili- we have, we've had them around before, haven't we? Um, yes. Yeah. And um, I'm just trying to think of where, but I'm not quite sure. I can't remember but, either, but I think... I, I mean, think we've he, definitely oh, had no, one of these aha I remember this, uh, there was that Servilius who was really popular with the plebeians. You know, mm. he was always trying, he was always like saying to patricians, now guys. Maybe we should make, you know, like a concession. And the patricians like, no! no, no concession. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so that was back when we were talking so much more about, you know, internal conflicts rather than external conflicts. Oh, well, yeah. just you wait. Yeah. We've really only got two types. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right. Um, that's so, where we're at. And this is where Dionysius also makes a really big deal of mentioning the grain shortage. So I know yeah. it was coming up in Livy in the previous episode, yeah. and now Dionysius is also picking up that thread of the scarcity of grain. Yeah, yeah. People are crowding into Rome because there is no grain in the fields in the surrounding mm, areas. That's not cool. Yeah, yeah, so they're flocking into the city, which is a bit of an issue. Uh, yeah, because the city doesn't have any food. No. Um, no. Everyone's like, "Well, I'm hungry," and now we're all hungry together. We're city mice, not country mice. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't make the grain. And this puts the tribunes of this year in a really sort of powerful position. They've got a lot of angry plebeians mm. on the ground in the city. Now, it's been a while since we talked about them, so just a quick refresher: the tribunes are meant to be the people that are representing the interests of the plebs. Yes. Yeah. And the plebeians fought long and hard to get this political representation. Yeah, the yeah. tribunes are supposed to be drawn from plebeian families. Yes, so prominent plebeians will put themselves up for nomination, and there seems to be about five of them. Yeah, because it's important to know. Time. I mean, it's it's really easy for us to fall into telling the story this way as well, because you know the divide is obviously kind of there. But when we talk about patricians versus plebeians, it's not strictly speaking rich versus poor. There can be, there obviously within the plebeians there are you know, different levels of wealth and some people are prominent and fairly well off and other people are dirt poor. So yeah, there are definitely prominent plebeians. It's not just all about, you know, you're either patrician or you're nothing. Yeah, and this seems to be related uh, in part at least to where families derive their origin from and how long they've been residing in Rome. Totally. Because we know that the family names for a lot of patrician families are coming from the broader regions. So like Mm. Servilius is a family that's thought to come from Alba Longa. Yeah. The Virginius family is thought to be Etruscan in origin. Yeah. And so then nobody's Roman Roman. Um, Everybody's... Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. No 
nobody's rogue. Um, I am Spartacus. Yeah. Um, but all of them have a legacy claim of some kind. And totally, it seems yeah. like the patricians are the people who are really staking out this legacy claim yeah, yeah. in a big way. Yeah. And We were here first, guys. We yeah. were here first. <laughs> and then the plebeians that are sort of rising up in into this are see maybe late arrivals or people who didn't have the political nous at the time yeah. to get the plow Somehow place happening. Out, yeah. Somehow edged out. Yeah. Not necessarily poor, no. but definitely angry. Yeah, so it's yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like we it, it's really easy when we're talking about this narrative, mostly because we are talking about a narrative framed by people who deal in stereotypes. And so it's easy to make it sound like it's rich versus poor. It's the upper class versus the lower class. But it's not quite that straightforward. Well, at this point in time, it's hungry people yeah. versus not so hungry people. Yeah. People who are, you know, peckish. Yes, I'm the hungry versus the peckish. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I see you, but I know you have some corn stashed away somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and that is actually interesting because I actually feel like Livy is trying to tell me that some people I think have been hoarding. I think, oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there's a little bit going on here, but I, I'm skipping ahead. So I'm yeah, gonna, there seems to yeah. be some hoarding, and yeah. so the consuls attempt to remedy what appears to be the rumblings of a bit of an uprising uh, by the <laughs> tribunes of stomachs. Yeah, <laughs> the rumbling yeah. of yeah. stomachs, indeed. Yeah, um, and they they do send out um, men with money to purchase grain from neighboring regions. Excellent idea. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. they bring it back, and they they do take this expense upon themselves because they then subsidize freaking well the grain. Yeah. yeah, and sell it yeah. at reasonable prices in the city. Yeah. Which sounds to me like a much later narrative. Um, yeah, yeah, I see what you're So having. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to believe this story. Yeah, so later on in Rome's history, guys, uh, as, as you may have heard, Rome is famous for providing bread and circuses for the people. Bread being a grain allowance. <laughs> Um, and, and politicians have also, you know, even before getting into that period of the empire and that kind of stuff, they have done things like, you know, subsidize grain to get popularity, you know, hand out bread, that kind of stuff. So, hmm. yeah, it's a popular politician move later on in Rome's history. It is. Yeah. And I, I wonder if this is being retrojected back at this point. I feel mm. like it's quite possible. Um, I don't really then expect, again, you know, yeah, green. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really expect the patricians to be subsidizing the corn supply at this point in time. Yeah. And I feel like everything else about their narrative up until this point, at least from Dionysius, has been very sort of oh, resistant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To providing any support for the plebeians besides That's saying true. to them that they just need to like yeah. get their act together and do what's right for Rome. Pull up your sandals and get out there and do your job. <laughs> you know what you need to do? You need to fight for your city. Yeah. Even if you are hungry. Yeah. We'll feed you later. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but it takes time to make it. <laughs> Um, so, but once this food issue seems to be resolved, Dionysius wraps that up quite quickly. Mm. Um, they then uh, get the armies together and and start to um, figure out what they're going to do for this year in terms of the military because mm. they're very conscious of the fact that if they don't have a military action, they'll have to deal with internal political issues. <laughs> and God forbid they deal with those. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants any time on their hands for that. No, no. That's really interesting, actually, yeah, because I say mine is framed a little bit differently. I think we can see common elements there. But so last episode, I did I did agree with you that there were these sort of um, there were these standoffs between Vey and Rome, with Vey being very very close to taking Rome captive. But 
before really sorting out the green issues, Livy starts talking about the, how the people, the um, forces from Vey avoid like a, a full out war after they're mildly repulsed. Um, I'm uh, mildly yeah, repulsed. Mildly repulsed. My stomach is slightly turning, but you know, I'm not going to like vomit when I look at you. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like they, the people of the forces of A are really just using the geniculum as a little fortress. They're sending out raiding parties, which I think you kind of had before those engagements. Um, and this is why the people are obviously pouring into the city because the outskirts around Rome, outside of the walls, are not really safe. And then the Romans decide that they're going to basically use the same strategy against the people of A that they used against Fabia. That's right, they're going to hatch... A reverse evil plan. <laughs> does this involve cattle? It does. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So once again, they're like, would you, you fall for a cow? <laughs> Apparently. You know what? I do recall once upon a time, Dr. G, there was a magical cow that people could tell was magical just by looking at it with those big bovine eyes. Back in the, the days of the monarchy. So there's something about cows in yeah, this point of time. Yeah. So basically, the Romans seem to, you know, Send out some cows <laughs> to lure. Of course. Yeah. Oh, the old cow tactic. Yeah, yeah. To like to lure <laughs> the people of May out, and uh-huh, uh-huh. they once again go, ooh, cows. No, ooh. And again, they they're get, hard to resist. They get trapped, <laughs> and so they're slaughtered because they're surrounded by greater numbers. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. It, it really is basically the same strategy. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, um, and so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a bit out of order with you, um, but yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, and then the consul Servilius, he's made, um, he's made camp nearby the geniculum, obviously, which is you know like near Rome too as well, <laughs> um, and so. The people of A seem to launch an attack on the camp, and they are, yeah, like, yeah. Anyway, it, it's all. I think I feel like I'm getting very out of order with you because I feel there's like, a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I'm up to the consul Civilius facing an attack. I don't know whether Ooh. that appears anywhere in your narrative. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so well. I, I will stop there. <laughs> But then, then we've got more talk about the corn. That, so all that other stuff happens. I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know whether that's meant to fall later in your narrative or whether that's just extra detail. I'm, I'm not sure. So like Dionysius definitely prefaces this year as like the grain has to be dealt with first. That's yeah. an issue. You can't have the army if they're not fed. And yeah. and then they are fed and they're like, okay, it's time. And it's not at all clear at least Dionysius doesn't specify where these battles are taking place. Right, But yeah. we know from his narrative from the end of the previous year that yeah. the Tyrrhenians are sort of moving back up north. Mm. And it seems at this point the Romans are then following them. So the Geniculum has fallen out of the narrative. Yeah, oh, sorry. So he's not he's not at the Geniculum yet. He's near mm. the Geniculum. Then he gets closer mm. to the Geniculum. And this is the thing that Livy says. This is the weird thing. So it seems that he thinks that the consul is actually... I mean, he's seemingly trying to press in some sort of advantage that the Romans have obviously managed to gain, like, through cows or something. (laughs) And Press the cow advantage! Exactly. (laughs) Moo cow! Don't bother me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it would seem that because there is still a, a, a scarcity of corn 
and Grain, um, Livy's like, this isn't a great idea, that the consul is pushing an attack on the geniculum and, you know, pushing the attack on, on they. And as a result, there is a shameful defeat of Servilius and his forces. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's only saved by the other consul coming to his rescue. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think I think there is some parallels okay, here. Okay. And actually I think we might even be on the same page. Okay, alright. Um, yeah. And perhaps the location of the things that Dionysus is describing are probably the geniculum. Right. Okay. Because he doesn't specify, so let's go with that. Okay, good. Um, so we have this moment where um, the Roman forces cross the river in rafts. Right. Very exciting. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, well, you gotta do it somehow. Yeah. Um, which definitely means they're on the wrong side of the Tiber. Yeah. Which means we're on the geniculum side. Yes, yes. Which is good. Yeah. And uh, the Tyranians sort of, uh, they get caught up in a, in a, a sort of a skirmish, first of all, with yes. the Romans. And the Tyranians are like, ooh, retreat. And they, they go up the hill. Mm. And Virginius lets them go. Yes. He's kind of like, do, do not pursue. Mm. Looks at all of his troops. No, we'll send the cows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Servilius sees an advantage. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. kind of like, well, I'm my own consul. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and if you're going <laughs> to wait, I'll take the glory. Yeah, yeah. So he goes for it. And not realizing that Tyranians are a little bit clever about battle than they used to be. Yeah. Uh, because they just turn around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, bright. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Um, that moment, and so he's pushing forward, and the Tyrannians are like, "Quick, about face!" <laughs> and he's like, "Ugh." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. they come back down the hill again at him, and all of a sudden, what seemed to be his um, glorious advantage, and yeah. sort of taking the the courageous. I'm going to pursue the enemy. Um, mm. Not realising for some reason that pursuing them up a hill is a terrible idea. Yeah, um, yeah. And, that, and that's, that's exactly, I think, what happened. I think that's exactly what's happened to Civilis in my account in that he's had some success at first, got way overconfident. <laughs> he's like, they're retreating. Chase them. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Which is a reasonable tactic on flat ground or even in a forest, but not a good one when they're retreating mm, up a hill no. um, because they're gaining the good ground. And anyway, I, I feel like it's not my place to explain tactics to a Roman general no. many millennia past, no. but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, buddy, he's going up a hill, just let him go. No. I, I've all, I, I think I knew from a young age, high ground, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's like, those guys will come down when they get hungry. Yeah. And we all know there's a grain supply issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But no, he doesn't wait for that. Virginius moves around the other side of the hill. Yes, this is what I've got too. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he yeah. comes around to take the Tyrannians from the, from the rear. Yeah. As it were. Woo. <laughs> oh, well, you Raunchy. know. <laughs> Things yeah. that happen in camp stay in camp. <laughs> and and it's at that point that the Tyranians are really caught and they fight, but they lose. Yes, yes. And again, I feel like, I, I mean, it seems very poetic that, you know, in my account particularly, you've got the cows, you've got, you've got the, tac- yeah, the same tactic of them being trapped between Roman forces um, and then being defeated. It seems a oh, little look. too coincidental. But, yes. but yeah. you know, cows with guns. <laughs> you know, it feels like that sort of moment. It's like, let's arm the cows. Yes. Um, they're going to take their own, um, yeah. turn upon everybody. Yeah. Um, so the Tyranians are, are cut basically to pieces. Yeah, yeah. The ones that are left do retreat. Yes. Um, and the Romans... Uh, are described as having gained a melancholy victory. Oh. Um, 
So the there's lots of Romans slain in this oh, battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of the poor tactical choice yes, yes. Um, that Civilius has made. Yeah, So yeah. they could have gotten out of this with less loss of life. Of yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, and let's face it, after you've just lost, like, all of the Fabians. Yeah, like, it's just not a good move. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, not smart. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the Tyrrhenians and the Venetians retreat... And in the night, they break camp and run away. Run away! Yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody pays attention at night for some reason. They're like, let's go. <laughs> the Romans are like, wake up in the well, morning and be like, what? Oh. <laughs> I, I do have to admit, if you, I guess if we try and consider a world without streetlights. <laughs> well, it, yeah. It would get darker at night then. But I feel like the noise would really carry. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Shh, yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> clink, 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 clink. <laughs> Hide the booty. Yeah. Ouch, <laughs> it's my foot. <laughs> my gold cups are clinking against each other. Watch where you put that javelin. <laughs> so I feel like, like, how do you do it? I'm like, I really... No, I know. I this know, is I one know. of the things that I really want to see. Especially because we know that the people of Bay don't travel light. They're, no. They're glampers. They're glampers. Look, so. they like the, the lifestyle. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. No, no, I know what you mean. But at the same time, I mean, what do you, even if you did hear it, though, what are you going to do? Like... Yeah, look, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you run at them in the darkness, you might as well just be stabbing your own people and not realise. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. it could be an issue. Yeah, so Livy, for Livy, this is basically the end of War with They for a while. <laughs> I mean, as oh, in... wow. No, sorry, no, I should say for a while. As in, for mm. now. That's like the war over. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. This is where he comes back to the grain. He's like, okay, so now there is peace once more. <laughs> and with peace... Comes plenty. <laughs> Corn is brought from Campania, the region kind of near Rome. <laughs> the region of grain. Yeah. And of course, with peace, with prosperity, comes time to think. Comes politics and patricians and plebeians. <laughs> I don't Is that where you're now? Oh, is? yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I have this moment just before we get into that particular issue okay. yes. where the Romans decide that. Um, this is not a glorious victory mm. and it should not be celebrated okay. and there should be no triumph or anything like that despite mm. it being a victory over the enemy yeah. no consuls get to celebrate because of the loss of life fair call, fair call, yeah the foreign wars being now ended yeah, the foreign. <laughs> <laughs> that, that right. is the they way are, the translation sorry, describes they, no, it they are, like, I get it, they're not from Rome but <laughs> the civil dissensions yeah, begin the war to that flare happened. up just over there <laughs> yeah. shh Um, so as soon almost immediately as soon as there's not military issues on the table we return to um, the issue at hand in domestic politics I must admit I'm kind of glad to be back in this it's been a while since we got to talk about some you know unhappy plebeians let's talk about (laughs) domestic issues I I really feel like particularly when we're doing the partial peak it suddenly draws my attention to the fact that like nobody's talking about what's happening to the people at home you know and that's that's what makes me I think go huh because you're just not getting their perspective at all. So yeah. at least at least when we're talking about the conflict of the orders, as stereotypical as it may be. Some people are involved yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, They're not exactly. just bodies exactly. willing to die. You feel like there's at least some representation of what's happening in the minds of the citizens. Yeah, so of course Livy's like, you know, idle hands. People start thinking about what's happening in their own lives, reflecting on the unfairness of it all. Oh, yeah. And the agrarian law. The agrarian (laughs) law. (laughs) The tribunes are like, let's bring this baby in again. Let's rouse up the plebeians. Let's make them angry. Let's remind them of what they have to be angry about. Because, of course, without us, they would forget. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. 
Now, I feel like this is uh, where our sources might diverge. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, because oh, while Dionysius positions domestic concerns as now being on the forefront, yeah. he then goes into a story where the tribunes of this year, Quintus Considius and Titus Genucius. Yeah, I've got those people. Yeah. Um, yeah lay an accusation against the former consul Menenius. No, they do. Yeah, they do do that. I think I think Livy's point is that they start going, hey, so, the agrarian law, that never happened. And the plebeians are like, oh, yeah. And they're like, and while we're at it, Menenius. <laughs> Have I mentioned Menenius lately? <laughs> they're like, what about him? Yeah, yeah. No, they're no, like, I, no, we're, we're terrible. We're on the same page, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, no, they, they accuse him, don't they? Yeah, yeah. He, he gets called up um, to give an account of his conduct in the war the previous year. Mm. And Fair call, I feel. Yeah, Fair call. and they blame him for the destruction of the Fabii and the capture of the fortress at Chimera. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Uh, it might be a little harsh, but I, I get where they're coming from because yeah, yeah he was slow. <laughs> so yeah. he, he gets put on trial for the plebeians, and the plebeians pass judgment upon him, um, and they don't uh, convict him of the death sentence. Which no, which is what he was up for. Which is yeah. yeah. Mm. What they stand and do is impose some sort of fine. Yeah, and interesting. This is a really weird section of the narrative. It is, and like I'm going to add another weird detail, which I don't know if you have. But Livy makes a point of saying that the patricians unite and stand behind Menenius. He actually says they try and defend him with no less zeal than that they had shown for Coriolanus. Wow. Yeah, and like I don't know if you remember, listeners, and if you don't, please go and visit our previous episode. There's like a billion of them on yeah. Coriolanus. <laughs> <Yeah>. Coriolanus, <laughs> my God, did they put up a fight? So. Yeah, that's saying something. I, I mean, it's obviously not quite true, is in Coriolanus gets a much lengthier defence. But I think he, in terms of the passion, the passion is there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, this is yeah. really interesting because, so, I mean, and perhaps this fine that mm. is imposed upon him is the result of the plebeians' support. And they're like, well, he's up for the death sentence. Can we do something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there room for negotiation? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he could just pay us some money. You know, we have been starving recently. <laughs> a fine might be more helpful than his death. <laughs> and this seems like a... Uh, it, it's a weird sort of thing because at the same time as this is going on, mm. um, according to Dionysius, the patricians are reading this kind of thing mm. as just a build-up for more uh, agrarian law reform. Yeah, it's a power play or something. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're seeing this as like, oh, they're starting to get their... They're hooks into the plebeians again, those tribunes. Yeah. And they're whipping up the crowd. Well, and the next step is obviously going to be land and, reallotment. And they get a martyr too, because in my account, Menenius is so ashamed, even though he's not convicted of the death penalty and he's just given like a substantial fine, um, he suicides because he's so ashamed of the conviction at all. And, you know, he does, he does yeah. the, I mean, this is... Uh, yeah. How does he suicide? It doesn't actually say. Mm. It, it just says that he was thrown into disorder. <laughs> uh, I should actually laugh. Um, but this is this is Roman virtus because you know if you're if you commit something if you commit some offence where it brings shame to you, like the way you can redeem yourself is by committing suicide, falling on your sword. Um, so yeah, so he does that. This is pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So are we were yeah Dionysius sort of talks about the way in which. He's feeling this great sense of shame, yeah. Menenius, for having this placed upon him. Yes, and he's not—he's not willing to pay the fine because it—it it doesn't um, marry up to his sense of duty. 
as a citizen. Okay, interesting. In, in yeah, some yeah. sense, you know, um, it's it should be a capital sentence, mm. and so he he would have preferred. Yeah, because right. because that would have been an indication of his um, honor on some level. I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. He doesn't want to accept this compromise because it feels he feels like maybe it places him in a position where he's not maybe being treated as a real citizen in some way. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Romans. Yeah. So he stays at home, apparently, omits no one, and wasted away through dejection and abstinence from food. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Okay. Yeah, he goes on a hunger strike and dies. I'm like, well, I mean, look, I-, I feel like that, even though Livy doesn't give me those sorts of details, I do feel like that kind of marries up with... Livy does say, you know, he's so ashamed, he's really stressed out, yeah, anguish of mind. So, yeah, it doesn't sound like a quick, you know, it doesn't sound like he literally fell on his sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it could marry into, yeah, the like slow a slow demise. suicide. Yeah. Oh, God, that's depressing. <laughs> I, I don't think, that, I don't me, know. there's nothing worse than death by starvation. I don't yeah, think. look, but I don't really know what to make of this no. section of the narrative, I'll be honest with you. Mm. Dear listeners, what is happening here? Yeah, um, very odd. I mean, yeah. it's so rare. I mean, this is the thing. In all our time talking about the conflict of the orders, it's so rare for the plebeians to actually score a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and they score a hit, and it's half a hit, and then the guy feels so ashamed that he just starves himself yeah. to death. And, and see, Livy, again, probably moving on rather quickly, so apologies if I'm doing a bit of a spoiler here, but Livy races immediately into the fact that there's also a charge brought against Spurius Servilius, um, the other consul, um, because, sorry, another consul, because of him being, you know, a keen bean against the forces of A at the Geniculum. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah my uh, Dionysius has a lot to say about okay, this. Okay, so I won't, I won't rush into it. But, yeah, Servilius is quite different to Menenius in that he is a bit more Coriolanus-like in that he's like, I didn't do anything wrong, whatever. And so he's feeling pretty confident. Yeah, whereas Menenius seems yeah. to take the charge quite seriously. Um, I feel like that may be, you know, guilty mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, was he dragging his feet? Well, yeah. Yeah, Only I'm, he knows. Yes. <laughs> Mind you, he did not necessarily know about the cows. Uh, I mean, let's not discount <laughs> the rule of the cows. Who could know about the cows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I am at. So what does Dionysius add to... Does, does he say, have more to say about Menenius? No, okay. that's the end of the year as far okay. as he's concerned. So right. he moves on with the narrative. Okay, good, good. Me too. Yeah. Um, so that's, this brings us to Circa. Uh, 475 BCE. Do you have Caius Nautius and Publius Valerius? Yeah, okay. Publius Valerius Publicola. Uh, um, yeah, 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 son of the famous Publicola. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't think we've, I don't think we've had any, a Nautius before this. I, think I, I don't think that. we've had a Nautius no. before either. No. Um, but apparently the Nautius patrician gens um, takes its history from Nortes, the companion of Aeneas. Nice. Mm. Okay, so and definitely an ancient family. Yeah, and this is the guy to whom Diomedes surrenders the Palladium. Ooh. And I love the Palladium because it's one of these objects that ends up in the Temple of Vesta. Ah, of course. I should so, yeah. <laughs> I'm leading it up to something comes exciting. Back to Vesta. My eyes light up. <laughs> um, so Nordius uh, Rutilus. Apparently, Gaius mm. Nautilus Rutilus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so these two guys, um, both new to the consulship, very exciting. Mm. One with a highly distinguished and political family yeah. in the Publicola line. Yep. 
and with a highly mythological family. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, yeah. me and my buddy Aeneas. Yeah, exactly. Dude. You know, son of Aphrodite. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. And immediately, mm. um, almost immediately, as the tribunes are brought in yes. as well. So we've got some new tribunes. Lucius could. Yes, I've got that. And Titius Statius? Titus Statius? Sorry, Titius. Titus Statius? Yeah, Titus Statius, Um, yeah. They accuse Servilius or Spurius Servilius. Yeah, yeah. um, The consul of the preceding year. Mm. So the one that served with Menenius. Yes, yeah. Um, (laughs) The one, yeah, the same with Virginius. Virginius, yeah, 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 yeah. And they bring him to a call for account not for any particular crime it seems oh okay well mine it's definitely misconduct in the battle against oh. the forces of Vey. yeah yeah see this might be Dionysus's lead into a very long and potentially <laughs> boring speech that Servilius <laughs> gives in his own defense okay yeah. um so he's accused of um and to discuss his bad luck um, uh, yeah, <laughs> bad luck. Of yeah. What, being accused? Not just not for any crime, but to talk about how badly he did everything in the battle, um, where he pursued the Tyrrhenians right. up the okay. geniculum. Yeah, 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 and then caused a lot of loss of life for the Romans in the process. Okay, they're yeah. like, you want to talk about that, buddy? <laughs> I think that's why Livy's a much abbreviated version, of course, rather than giving me a lengthy speech, he just says that um, Servilius faced off danger, as he had done at, in the battle itself, by just being hella bold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I'll give, yeah. You, I'll give you some of the choice things that he does yes, say. Yes, please do, yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through all of it, because uh, it's horrific. In a speech of undaunted fortitude, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's accused of losing, of uh, daring beyond prudence, and in doing so, losing the flower of the Roman youth. Ah, uh, flower um, of the youth. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Um, never lose the flowers, guys. <laughs> and he goes on for quite some time. He's given pages, so we know that this is important to Dionysius. Okay. A good chance um, for rhetoric. Mm. Um, but he says things like, like, if I've committed a crime, let me defend it. If you've simply decided that you wish to punish me anyway, I'm not going to bother talking. Um, that's his first. Ah, uh, Raymond. He's logic. like, you haven't, you haven't really accused me, so if well, this is, I think they have. If this is just about <laughs> killing me, let's get on with it. Yeah. And and so he whips up the crowd in this way, and the crowd's like, no, talk. We want to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Rhetoric, please. Yeah, we'd love to hear you talk. Yeah. This is um, what your education has been training you for. <laughs> and he's like. I'm not guilty of any crime. And this is easy to see. He's like, I saved you from starvation. I sourced the grain. That was the first thing I did in my consulship. I made sure everybody was fed. So you can't say I don't love the Roman people. Can't say that. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, like, the dead like, flower, youth. Like, like, I am alive. I suppose that is good. <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> and he's like... And I won that battle against the Tyrrhenians. Mm. They fled. Did you see them leave? Are they here now? <laughs> no. And he's like, so let's think about that. Mm. Sometimes great victories come at great cost. And if every Roman general who won a great victory at a great cost was guilty of some sort of crime, well, I mean, well I'd s- like to see them up here as well. I do see the point there, I suppose. I mean, you know, like people make mistakes in the heat of battle, I guess. And you can't put them on trial, otherwise no one's going to want to, you know, be the general. 
Yeah, and he's like, if I achieve great things, mm. that's usually attributed to me and my great good luck. <laughs> but when I when things go badly, <laughs> that's bad luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm so trying to, I'm like trying to process and like, this, and, and I feel like, like I find it amusing. <laughs> can anybody really be accused of having bad luck? Well, you know, this is the sort of like the rhetorical gymnastics he's engaged in. Yeah, I mean, I, in my account, he's charged with misconduct. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, look, and like he refuses all of these things. Yeah, see, in Livy, in Livy's account, he seems to mostly resort to um, the fact that he does talk about, you know, like, you guys are, are alive, you know, because of me. Like, you have tribunes to bring accusations because of me. Like, because of me, your world has kept on turning, in other words. Um, and he, he accuses them of being responsible for the death of Titus Menenius, who's obviously meant to be awesome. Um, and also the fact that, you know, Menenius is from this family that, you know, have brought the plebs back into the fold. And what did they think about that? Um, and his colleague of, um, of the year, the previous year, the, um, the Liginius is brought in to bear witness. And he seems to be like... He's a solid dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Made a mistake, yeah. but uh, I backed him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all good. It all worked out well. Um, and, Livy de- but, and Livy definitely says that the thing that seems to sway the people the most is this idea that, you know, Menenius was maybe given a bit of a raw deal or something. Even though I don't see how that's possible. He chose to commit suicide, whatever. <laughs> suicide is a raw deal, yeah. though. Well, it is, but it's not inflicted by the people. Oh, but the people drove him to uh, it. Oh, don't give me that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, like, one of the things that I find quite disturbing about yes. this particular speech, mm. and because uh, in my account, uh, he's still going. Um, yeah, he's got course, some more yeah. to say. Oh, of course, um, he is. yeah. He he makes this about. Uh, he sees this as a cover accusation to really get at land allotments again, which yeah, he yeah, finds yeah. offensive. And he's like, "How dare you place me in this kind of danger when really we all know that this is about the land?" See, interestingly, Livy, Livy does not bring that up. So yeah, I mean, he, he's brought it up to begin with as a weapon, mm. but. Yeah, it's interestingly not really part of my narrative at all. I wonder why Dionysius is so much more obsessed with the land. I wonder issues. if he was hungry when he was writing this book. <laughs> you know what they say, don't ever shop when you're hungry. Don't write long speeches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get into your not, rhetorical not when you're, speech. Not when yeah. you're cooking bread. No. But I think the most uh, disturbing aspect of this speech yes. is the moment that he says that the plebeians have pursued... Um, these issues in the wrong way okay so he's like if you don't trust the senate mm. and the senate is like this wise body that sort of okay. has this position in rome if you don't trust the senate then you should just violently overthrow them wow okay well and I, number one i don't see why any reason why they should trust the senate <laughs> and <laughs> because they've like, never really done anything yeah and yeah. he's like and since you haven't overthrown the senate mm. you need to just accept their wisdom Oh, God, this backwards logic is, like, burning my brain. <laughs> you need to accept that the Senate's decisions have made been made with the best of motives. Oh. And for the good of all. And if you really... And if you believe in this system, and you accept the Senate's wisdom, and you haven't overthrown them, so you must, then you've used the wrong tools. You should have sought to obtain what you wanted, this land allotment, through the same types of persuasion as the patricians use, not through violence. 
Stop. This is this is this is crap. This is yeah. This is crap. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I just I don't have any other words for it. I'm and like, to, so trying the, hard not to swear so violently. The, yeah, like, and I've summed yeah. this up by like this reminds me of so many things that happen in modern politics as well, where yeah. you say to people who are disenfranchised, you were using the wrong tools. Yeah, and it's your fault. It's all your. It's fault. your fault for not having yeah. the right tools to change the mechanisms of the power structure. Yeah, and those people are locked out of those tools. It's like plebeians are not getting trained yeah. in rhetoric or persuasion or no. holding political positions, so they can't argue for their perspective in the same way. So obviously violence is the solution. Oh, this is so frustrating. <laughs> and <laughs> and then you've got this guy who gets up in front of you who's like... From this freaking <laughs> entitled... Yeah. Being like, you should be using the arts of persuasion to get what you want. <sighs> While the plebeians are like, I'm literally starving and I haven't had an education. On top of which, I mean, hello, how many times have the tribunes tried to be persuasive? Like, tried to speak up for them? And the patricians are always like... Yeah, but no. I mean, <laughs> oh, so frustrating. Yeah, and it's not like no. the plebeians. The plebeians have really tried to fight this through the tribunes. Yeah, I just so I, allowing people who have had that rhetorical training to do the defense legwork for them. In a way, the tribunes are a bad thing because at this point in time, the patricians are giving themselves massive pats on the back for giving them the tributes and being like, they have a voice. They're not disenfranchised. They're part of the process. You know, they're part of the solution, not the problem, blah, blah, blah. And really, they're still got this massive group that are massively challenged politically. They don't have the rights they should have. They don't have the representation they should have. It's really killing me. (laughs) Sorry. I appreciate your anger. Rant over. I think it's completely justified. (laughs) I wholeheartedly concur. I think it is slightly the modern day that's channeling my rage. (laughs) So Servilius finishes speaking, wraps it up, does a great job. And and then Virginius gets up and says, well, look, Sophilius is innocent. Everybody makes mistakes in battle. I was there. Don't worry. We worked it out. Yeah, see, Livy actually Still says... Still a guy. Yeah, Livy says that um, Virginius, in trying to help him, is, like, kind of um, gives his share of the glory, in a sense, you know, by obviously saying... You know, like, oh, I couldn't have done this without him, and he did that, and he did this, and blah, blah, blah. We really... drove them off together. Yeah, exactly, when really it was mostly him in Libby's account. <laughs> I know that this probably isn't actually what this guy said, but so, it is yeah. so frustrating. But it is very, yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. see the echoes of it through history, where Absolutely. people in power yeah. are kind of like, this is the way you should do it if yeah. you want to have these yeah. things. And it's sure, like... you're totally locked out of this system, but nonetheless, this is the system. Get with it or go home. Yeah. Don't get with it, guys. Fight the system. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so, Servilius is acquitted and no tribe votes to condemn him. What a douche. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that tale. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it works out for him. Mm. Mm. All right. Okay, well, I guess that's probably a good point to potentially wrap things up for the time. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Alrighty then. Well, huh, okay, I feel I'm actually I'm actually quite dizzy with rage. <laughs> after Ooh, that. this will lead to some interesting partial picks. I, I think. know, that's right, dear listeners. It is time for the partial pick. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Eagle. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, Dr. All G. All right. What's our first category? Military clout. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely better than a one. Um, well, they, they, they have tra- chased off the enemy. That's true. That's true. And according to Livy, temporarily, well, you know, for now, that, that chapter is closed. 
I guess it's probably, what, like, I don't know, like a five or a six? Ooh. Well, it's not a great victory, is it? No. I mean, they do have a lot of loss of life. They, they were cows, though, Dr. G. Oh, they, they were cows, cows yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a five. Then. Okay. All right. So we've got a five. All right. Then we've got... Diplomacy. Okay. Now, we agreed last time this was external diplomacy, wasn't it? It's got nothing to do with internal. I don't, well, look, I don't think it... Uh, yeah. No. Diplomacy has to be foreign. It's going okay. to be low on the scale, surely. Yeah. There's no, there's no <laughs> negotiations or nothing. Yeah. So nothing? Well, they don't. They don't talk. They don't do anything. No. Uh, no, no. All right. (laughs) Uh, Expansion. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Just their own territory back, really. Where to us? Ah, now. Okay, here I feel like we've got something to work with. So according to Roman standards, I feel like what Menenius did was an example of Wirtus. Sacrificing himself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And trying to redeem, you know, and succeeding (laughs) according to the way the Roman people seem to react to it. So. Yeah, redeeming himself for shameful actions committed in the past by committing suicide. Now, Spurious. Oh, yes. Well, I feel like with Servilius, yeah. the, the patricians would probably say he had demonstrated a lot of weirdness. I agree, because he's basically up himself in a massive douchebag <laughs> and insults all the plebeians. Really ballsy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, That's the kind of thing that the patricians love. Yeah, so I don't know, Like, do we want to go like a... Seven. Ooh. I know it's high, but I mean, I feel yeah. Okay, two two people demonstrating what Romans think is uh, good manliness. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, that's why they are in the spotlight in this episode. So. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. All right. Citizen score. Ooh. Okay. I feel like <laughs> this isn't going to be good either. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit low down on scale. I mean, they've got some grain. They have got grain. They're no longer starving. Um, Bizarre. Yeah. It turns out the guy that got them the grain is a douche. Yeah. Right. Would you accept grain? From this man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I was hungry, yes. They're not starving anymore. And the, look, I guess on the positive side, the tribunes do seem to be doing their job. And in the background of all of this yeah. is the idea that land reallotment is on the agenda. Still, Even yes. if it's not in the foreground of the narrative, no. it's definitely lingering there and everybody's thinking about it. And this is, I think, is another key message for people of modern times. Don't give up. <laughs> The power never, the powerful never give up their power willingly. It takes time to chip away and change the system. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. So they are chipping away. They're chipping away. They're chipping. Yeah. There's a lot of chips going on. Um, hmm. So maybe a three? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're really dealing with very stereotypical plebeians at this point in time in that they're just like, they're getting mad. The tribunes are directing their anger down a certain pathway to get what they want it, re- it achieves some result, um, yeah. but, the, and the, but then the plebeians are, as usual, made to feel guilty. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. difficult as well, because obviously these narratives are written at a it's high not level, really. and this group is, is no sort of way. treated as they're just as like a single category, and totally. we know that there's like over 100,000 of these people. Completely. And, and, and of course, like, I mean, the likelihood of Livy and Dionysius having really any record of what these people were actually feeling is or slim maybe, to know. And to what extent they would care. Well, exactly. Coming from an yeah, elite they, they're position, just, they're just a stereotypical blob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but from what we're told, it, I would say three. It has to be a three. All right, yeah. a three. So that gives us fifteen. It ah, does. Woo, woo. Yeah, yeah. Greater past Rome, five. You've exceeded <laughs> expectations. For Haven't this hit the pass mark yet. Not even close. But fifteen <laughs> out of fifty golden eagles for you today, Rome. <laughs> you are rebuilding, <laughs> <laughs> making a comeback. Yeah. Well, I feel like we have got some happier times ahead. Like there is going to be some stuff, you know, that's more in the positive. 
Oh, just you wait. The tantalizing mm. future of the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all about at the Partial Historians. <laughs> so, okay. Well, on a slightly better note than last time, Dr. G. I think we wrap up. I bid thank you adieu. You. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you.